Free. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everybody. This is England is Burning for Tuesday, September 21, 2021. Is, today is your Arsenal weekly feature. And because it is the international break, uh, we are going with subscriber Q&A, ask us anything kind of questions that I've gotten through the channel subscribers and from you all, the listeners and the watchers out there. If you're watching this video, please smash a like, please share this video. And and also subscribe as well if you are listening to the podcast because you don't want to see how handsome we both are. Then uh, you can just listen to the podcast, but also give us a five-star review and also share with your friends. And Josh is all of a sudden, he's gone. Uh, no, just kidding. Uh, so I have Josh back from the Islington Gazette here to talk about Arsenal women and to give us, uh, to go through kind of a, a Q&A um you know and uh from our subscribers josh welcome back you're on yeah thank you for having me back keith appreciate it uh, all right so you, yeah you got your um your sunderland top there that's cool um you know i got my, yeah yeah we're, we're always kind of neutral we're always neutral but i um but both uh sunderland and uh Borussia dortmund also have women's teams so yeah uh so um so, but let's get, let's talk about Arsenal. That's what we're here to talk about today. All right. So the first question out of the gate uh, is, uh, so Arsenal, ha Arsenal has a new manager, obviously. Yep. <laughs> and what does he bring, Josh, to the club, to this team that Montemero does, did not from last yeah, well, season? I think um, the first thing that we've sort of noticed that he brings is energy. He's mm -hmm. so much different to Joe Montemurro in terms of what he does in the touchline. Sort of fires the players up more. He's much more vocal than Joe Montemurro. If you looked at it, Joe Montemurro was very relaxed. He sat in the dugout a lot more and just sort of allowed the players to carry out the job. But Jonas is always out on the touchline. He's always talking. He's always shouting, clapping his hands, you know, things like that. So... Um, if you watch the Chelsea game the first day of the season, I mean, the his celebration at the end went round on social media. Um, when he was on his <laughs> he was on his knees and and he was celebrating, and you would never see Joe Montemurro do that. So he brings much more energy. I would honestly say more passion, um, and it's just a proper refreshing appointment from Arsenal. You know, he's got a. Good youth, good youth. Uh, they're a good young squad. This Arsenal side, they're they're not all that old. Um, and there's obviously older players in that squad, so it's a good mix of youth and experience. Um, but he definitely certainly brings venom and, and passion out in them. Uh, it's a and Beth. Uh, I think it was no Katie McCabe was reading an interview with uh, another publication this week. Um, back in Ireland actually. Um, and and he said he's just bought a whole. Um, she said that she's just he's he's just bought a whole refreshing vibe to the club, uh, because of because of his passion. So that's what you're going to get with Jonas. You're going to get a hundred percent fire in the belly every single game. And just as a follow-up question uh, regarding Jonas, where, where, what's his background? Where does he come from? How did he, yeah. you know, well, he's, there he's were a lot of people Sweden. up for the job. So how do what led, what led you to, what do you, why do you think he got this job? Well, he's, he's, he's obviously he's Scandinavian. He's Swedish. Um, mm -hmm. he, he managed um, Rosengard and, and, and in Sweden. Um, and, you know, he, he got them to the, the quarterfinals of the Champions League, so I think that was a had an amazing achievement. Um, 
So he's young as well. I, so I think Arsenal wanted that young. He's only thirty eight. So Arsenal mm-hmm. wanted that young, fresh approach of a manager, you know, for the future. Um, and like I said, Arsenal have got quite a lot of young players in the squad. So with Jonas being young himself, he'll know exactly what those players need uh, and just how they how they need nourish, nourished. Um, so yeah, I certainly think the the what have you done with Rosengard? Working with sort of younger players was a big factor of why he got the Arsenal job. Tactically and technically, we've already seen just how good he is. I mean, high press. And Arsenal are brilliant playing high press because they've got such a good attack. So high press and just the fight for the energy. And and that's what Jonas brings in a touchline. He just brings such an energy. And you can see that transition onto the pitch because Arsenal played with a much better tempo this season. Um, already, and we're only two games, two league games in, so it's going to be hard to see. You know, there will be games that Arsenal will be tired because this is a big year. I mean, mm-hmm. we're looking at Aston Villa on the third of October, and then they've got a Champions League game. I mean, two days later, which unfortunately looks like that's going to have to happen, even though Arsenal tried to get the Aston Villa game changed which is wrong but mm-hmm. we're going to see games where Arsenal are going to be tired this year because it's such a big calendar year and Jonas's passion and energy he can transition that onto the pitch and the players can see just if he's going for it then they're going to put in that extra that extra effort um, so yeah um, I think Jonas is a, is a really really good appointment so far um, it's very very early but the early signs are, are very good so that does that segues into the next question that we have is is how do you feel about the Champions League group stage that Arsenal is in the the, the quality of competition? How do you feel like they're going to do in that group? Yeah, I mean Barcelona. That's they're the champions of Europe. They're, it's right. going to be an extremely tough game, um, but I think it's a really good draw for Arsenal because I sort of think it's you're going to be playing Barcelona twice. And you're thinking, this is where Arsenal find a lot about themselves, what they need to improve on, what they're good at. So it's going to be that's going to be a very tough game. Like they're going to be two very tough games. And then you've got Hoffenheim, um, who they're not they aren't mugs. Hoffenheim, they're a good side. Um, Nicole Bella um, will be on to watch. She's an Austrian striker for Hoffenheim. She's she's a very very good goal scorer. Hoffenheim will sort of play, I think, the same system as Arsenal. You mean, in terms of energy, high tempo. So I think they're going to be two very, very exciting matches. Um, and then my pronunciation of, of Hodge or isn't particularly great, uh, but they're from Denmark. And I'm not really... They're sort of those ones that they're unexpected because I don't really I don't really know what they bring to the table. I don't think many people outside of, um, outside of Denmark will. So... You'd expect Arsenal to win, of course you would, but I'm I'm not sure just how those two games are going to go because I, I don't know enough about them. Um, but I do think Arsenal will finish second in the group. I I think Arsenal will finish in the top two and qualify. Um, would it would be great if they could finish top, but personally, I just think Barcelona right now is that step too far. I mean, mm-hmm. I think I think they're the best team in in the women's team in the world, um, mm-hmm. and. I wouldn't be surprised if they actually went on to win the Champions League again this year. I mean, mm-hmm. they're my favourites to go and do it again, but it's very hard retaining a title, as we all know. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm feeling good about the Champions League group. I think those two games with Barcelona are extremely they're exciting. They're mega clashes, and I think it's good for Arsenal because, like I say, they'll they'll find a lot more about themselves than they will against some teams in the Women's Super League, and that's no disrespect to them. But they're playing; they're going to be playing the best team in the or best team in Europe. So yeah, they're going to find a lot about themselves. But I'm very very excited about the about all those games. I think Hoffenheim. I think as if you're a neutral, I think. I would advise you to watch the Hoffenheim game because I just think that it's going to be an end to end. I think it's going to be chaos, really, because the, the play was such a high intensity system, both mm-hmm. teams. So, yeah, really, really excited about the group, but I would fancy Arsenal to qualify. So, so again, another segue to another subscriber question, which is so because of the high energy that Arsenal brings and the high energy that that uh, you know the Hoffenheim brings, and some, and then with Manchester City coming up after the break coming up this weekend, followed by the Villa match, and then two days later against Barcelona, how is Jonas going to manage the fact that he's got a high intensity, high energy style, along with the need to probably rotate the squad? And move people even out because before you know you kind of worry about burnout and and yeah. other problems that happen when you got so many fixtures happening at the same time. Yeah, how well, do you expect him to to deal with that? people don't really sort of understand or, or realize Arsenal actually have a pretty big squad this season. Um, mm-hmm. The the sort of the sort obviously with, with the summer recruits, um, you, you know they've matched Manchester City, probably not the same as. That certainly haven't got as big a squad as what Chelsea have, um. But there, people would be surprised to see just how sort of you know close they are to Chelsea in terms of squad size, um. But yeah, like they've certainly got enough options to 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 rotate when you can, um, put Nikita Paris on the bench, Mana Iwobuchi on the bench, they're world class players, so I think Arsenal will 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 cope just fine. I just hope that there isn't a a typical Arsenal injury uh, fiesta this season because obviously that would be <laughs> that would be tough. But Arsenal have have a big squad this year, um, and they've got world class players in every single position. They've actually got in every position position Arsenal have at least two. I don't think tiredness is going to be a real concern this year. Um, of course, it will play a part. But there is enough players there for Jonas to rotate um, and play different systems and things like that. So you can take Beth Mead out for a game and put Paris in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so that's just one example. But you can do it in a number of positions. Um, you can even put Leah Williamson into midfield if uh, if Jennifer Beatty needed a rest. And you can play lots of women Moy and Anna Patton at centre back. So yeah, there is there's different scenarios and and there's certainly different things you can do. So I don't think. Um, Tiredness will will necessarily be a problem, um, because of the big calendar year. There's there is certainly a lot of players there that sort of can come in and, and switch about and, and things like that. So that again segues way a lot of our my American subscribers are wondering how Tobin Heath fits into the this Arsenal squad and how deep it is and will she play a role, uh, you know, at all within with this team? Oh, she'll definitely play. Absolutely. I mean. She's one of the best players in the world. So, yeah, I mean, she, she's definitely coming to play matches. Um, it will just be interesting to see when her debut is. Um, I know she has played for the USA over this international break and she scored against Paraguay. But, 
I, I can't see her playing against Manchester City at the weekend. Um, I, I don't really know what sort of the quarantine rules are at the minute um, because simply because I, I stopped looking at that a long time ago. Um, but if she has to quarantine, then obviously that will take her out for a, for a few games. But um, yeah, look, she'll she'll definitely play. She she's too good not to play. Um, and under Jonas again, I think she's a perfect player because Arsenal will just want the attack, 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 and that's a, that's the type of thing that you know Tobin Heath will love. Um, she'll love getting into space and, and creating chances and scoring goals, which she'll certainly have enough chances to score with this Arsenal team because. They have been relentless um, in the opening two games, even against Chelsea. Um, how many times did Arsenal attack Chelsea? I mean, it was it was it was crazy. Like Chelsea are, you know, they're the second best best team in Europe, and Arsenal troubled their defense every time they went forward. So, no, Heath will Heath will definitely get games. I mean, she adapted really well into WSL last season when she was at Manchester United. Um, she really stood out. Um, Arguably was their best player uh, last mm-hmm. season alongside Ella Toon. And when Tobin Heath got injured, it sort of crumbled for United. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, look, she's definitely going to play games. She, she, she's going to be a big, big player, I think, for Arsenal this season in both the league and the Champions League. And she'll certainly chip in with vital goals and, and assists as well. And I mean, she's going to be playing off Viviana Miedema, who is the best number nine in women's football. And I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, so when she's creating chances for Miedema and, and vice versa, yeah, I think I think she's going to be a big, big success. And both Beth Mead and Viv- Vivian Miedema have gone out to roaring, crazy starts. I mean, mm-hmm. both of them are sitting at three goals apiece uh, so far in the you know so far in the season so far. So is is this going to be the year? Uh, who's so the uh, well actually the question actually is is so. Who's going to win the Golden Boot this year? Mm-hmm. Um, look, I mean, that's a, that's a tough question. I mean, we're only two games in, but I said it last year. I'll, I'll always fancy Viviana Minima to win the Golden Boot. I mean, like I say, I think she's the best number nine in the world. But if you're looking at another club, I think Fran Kirby will will will, will run her closest, um, even ahead of Sam Kerr. I just think Kirby. I think Kirby obviously last season she was she was outstanding. I mean, when when you look what she came back from, so this season she's going to be even fitter, um, more 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 sharp, uh, much more match fit as well. So I think she'll run Miedema closer than what Sam Kerr will this season. Um, but I'm going to go Viviana Miedema to uh, yeah, I think she'll win the Golden Boot and. Uh, until she's uh, away from the WSL, I think I'll say that every season because I've never seen a finisher in women's football quite like Miedema. Uh, I mean, she's just a killer. She's absolutely deadly um, in and around the box. Um, and with Mead supplying her, Mead start like you said yourself, she started the season in incredible form. I mean, she's probably better known now for assists than her goals because she's sort of adapted into a winger. Obviously started off as a number nine, Beth Mead. So with Mead and, and Heath and Paris, Mane Iwabuchi, I mean, she's going to get chances there. And even free, uh, Leah Williamson and, and, and Freda Manham creating chances from deep. Jordan Nobbs still has to come back in. So, oh, it's incredible just 
the creative amount of talent in that Arsenal team. So I think the way Arsenal are playing this season, I think Medium is certainly going to get more chances and, and from each he'll score more goals. And I, I could really see this being a proper record-breaking season in terms of Medium's goals in the league. Um, I mean, I think she could... I honestly think she could hit over 30 goals. I really do. Yeah, I mean, certainly with the start that that, that they both have uh, and also with, with the support around them, um, you know, is really... Uh, really strong, but the support has, you know, I think the support has always been there, but it's mm. much stronger now and much deeper, a little bit more, um, you know, now hopefully knock on wood that, you know, the injuries don't hit them the way, like, let's say injuries have hit Manchester city, uh, yeah. you know, where they're just, they're, they're a mess right now with, with injuries, um, yeah. you know, and it's kind of, you know, and, and I think uh, you mentioned last week that, uh, I think it was your thought that Manchester City's injury issues are actually worse than what Arsenal's issues were yeah, last oh, year. Definitely, you know, yeah. given the the quality of people that are out and, and I mean, out for long periods of time, they've lost more over the international break as well. Going into yeah, it's a, games, it's, so, it's a mess. Yeah, it is a mess. Yeah. It is an absolute mess. Um, you know, so yeah, it's very. This is very... a huge chance for Arsenal this weekend against that Manchester City team. Um. It's a huge chance, and an Arsenal. All the pressures on Arsenal this weekend, um, and with it depends who's all back, but it's not really looking good. So, Arsenal have to win this game. They have to win this game. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think yeah, it's an important game, but but also you know it is an absolute opportunity, uh, and it yeah. really puts you know as we mentioned last week, uh, you know it really put could put Manchester City pretty much in a really bad spot, you know, yeah. um, to go down, you know, to go down two weeks in a row. They've already been knocked out of the you know the Champions League. They're not even playing in Europe anymore, which may actually be an advantage to them yeah. in a weird way, uh, you know, since they don't have the fixture congestion to deal with. But still, it's. Um, it's really difficult, uh, but also in, in one of the things I'm going to be talking over with Kate when we talk about Manchester City is, is you know, what do you end up reading into it? You know, if they if Manchester City loses because you know they're so decimated by injuries that it is almost expected that they would lose. Um, yeah. So be careful not to read too much um, into it. Um, so. Um, but the, the next question has to do with, I think, Ars- everyone seems to forget about the fact that Arsenal has a really good defense. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us about how good is their defense? Yeah, I mean, the defense is, 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 is extremely good. Um, and again, there's there's options in there um, for rotation. So obviously you've got your starting centre-backs, um, Leah Williamson and Jennifer Bailey. Uh, one youthful, one experience. Um, and when... You know, Williamson's just been made captain um, of England for the two games against um, North Macedonia and Luxembourg. So shows you that her leadership qualities in there, and she's only 24. Um, you've got Anna Patton, lots of women Moy. Katie McCabe can play in there, Steph Catley. Um, so, yeah, look, that defence is, is, is so solid. But one player that I want to pinpoint who I've been really impressed with. Um, I think I might have mentioned this to you before, but uh, Manuela Zinsberger in goal. I just think that mm-hmm. under Jonas, she just looks far better. I mean, she looks more commanding from crosses. I mean, crosses coming in last season, she was coming out, flapping at them, 
um, or just making silly mistakes for goals. Um, but under Jonas, she looks so much more confident coming out for crosses and claiming them, and that takes the pressure off the defence. Um, so, yeah, look, the defence has been great. And obviously you've got a big sort of factor, I think, as well, is uh, Freedom Adam in that centre defensive midfield role. Um, and obviously Leah Volte. So you've got two world-class protectors in front of that defence. Then you've got Noel Maritz as well, uh, a right-back. So, look, you've just got so many options in that defence as well. Um, it's 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 young, but there's experience with Jennifer Biddy there as well. But they just they can all communicate together. Um, and they're so athletic, which is obviously what you want. Um, extremely fit at the back. They're very quick. Um, very good on the ball as well. And, and they all read the game brilliantly. So, yeah, look, the defence is fantastic. Um Against Chelsea, okay, they conceded two goals, but they were like a wall at times. Um, mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. Chelsea were putting the pressure on near the end, but Arsenal just defended so well. And Chelsea didn't really have that clear cut of an opportunity to, to make a 3-3. Um, mm-hmm. Fran right. Kirby had a had a sort of chance at the end where she headed over the bar, but it wasn't like, you know, a, a sitter. It wasn't like a, a huge opportunity. Um, so yeah, look, the defense has certainly improved. It's it's well structured, um, and for me, most importantly, it's young. So there's a a defense there for the next, I want to say, ten years really. Um, with 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 Patton, Wibben, Moy, Williamson, um, especially Taya Goldie as well, young player, and they all came through the Arsenal Academy, um, which is a real positive as well. Um, so yeah, look, um, that defense is is fantastic, and, and long may it continue. In in looking at uh, Zinsberger's numbers, and we've talked about her before. And we talked about her last season uh, in yeah. sort of the combination of the duo that that Arsenal has in in the goalkeeper position. Uh, but yeah, I mean, what you're talking about in terms of uh, you know stopping you know shots when they were back against the wall, being you know being attacked when the other team was desperate. I mean, Zinsberger's uh, the the XG on shots on target against her is 0.33, which is pretty Mm -hmm. high. I mean, it's a pretty high number, but you know, her, you know, um, in terms of being able to save them, she's above average, you know, know, in terms of that, um, in terms of the, and the numbers show that, uh, in terms of the, the, the saves that she gets based on the shots she gets on target. Um, so, Uh, it's a strong defense, and then, um, but there have been moments where they've been put under pressure. So, you know, sometimes when you see a team give up, like you know, it, you got to look at who the competition is in under in order what the yeah. context is, you know. And with Chelsea being down, you know, three one, you would obviously then expect, you know, probably that Chelsea's probably going to get one back, yeah, um, at least. So, um, and you know, PSV. Uh, you know, in the Champions League, you know, qualifying, no pushover there. So, yeah. Um, so there, there's something to be said with that. Um, but yeah, it's it was one of the things that we were we talked about at the end of last season was just how good their defense was, and they had like clean sheet yeah. after clean sheet after clean sheet. And there's no reason to to there's no reason to believe at this point that that won't continue. Um, you yeah. know, into the into uh, the next season. So. So I have one question and then I have one final question. My next question is, and I was actually, this is a question that's been given to everybody. So, and we talked about it last week, but we want to just bring it up again. So the issue around, and we've seen it in all of the leagues in England, we've seen it in WSL, the Premier League, everything else, Mm -hmm. the issue around, you know, 
goal line technology, VAR, how is it being used, poor refereeing calls, bad, you know, poor lines person's calls. What yeah. does the WSL need to do? What's the FA need to do at this point um, in order to fix this? Well, from a, women, from a women's game? Uh, right, from a women's game, yeah. I think there's more sort of important issues than what goal line technology is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think the referees need to be better, of course. Of course they do. Um, and I think, obviously, the referees in WSL aren't professional. So I think better training should go into the refereeing in the WSL to sort of bring people up into into be professional in that league. Um, but then again, officiating in the Premier League isn't exactly great right now. Um, I, it's a really no, it hard isn't. <laughs> It's, it's it's a really really hard one because referees are human beings; they will make mistakes. Yeah, um, and that's all part of the game as well. But from a women's perspective, I don't think technology is feasible right now um, in terms of goal line technology, VAR. I think there's more important things. I think filling the stadiums, for example, is one um, that's much more important than the technology right now um, in women's football. Because it's still a sport that's growing and it still needs to grow a lot. Um, so I think filling the small stadiums first um, before obviously the likes of the Emirates and Stafford Bridge and stuff. So the Bournemouth Woods, uh, the King's Meadows, I think they need to be filled. Uh, I think that's a more important issue than what technology is. Um, I think more promotion is still needed um, from the FA. Mm-hmm. And I know people will say, free tickets and stuff like that but again club tickets for women's football aren't all that expensive right but it's a it's a family game as well so you know maybe more sort of free tickets should be given out um to get more people attracted to the game um so yeah i think there's a lot of things that still need to be done in terms of support before we can even look at technology and VAR and, and things like that um, and I'm sort of okay I mean you're going to have decisions going against you of course mm-hmm. but it's refreshing I think the women's game without VAR because it makes the game smoother um, yeah mm-hmm. and, and it's sort of it's more enjoyable um, I think although I think VAR in the Premier League has improved vastly this season because decisions are being made much quicker, but again, some of the decisions from that have been, um, let's just say, questionable. Um, so, yeah, look, I mean, I just think, first of all, I think the referees in WSL need to be at a professional level um, because I think then that's equal to, to obviously what the men's game is. Um, and then I think the FA should 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 train more female referees as well, um, mm-hmm. to be a professional to be a professional standard. Um, I think that's one big thing. And then fill our stadiums, but I don't think we should be looking at VAR and goal line technology right now for women's football. I know you can say equality and stuff like that, but like I say, I think there's more important issues right now than 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 that. 
And I, I think you bring up an interesting point. The point that I was thinking about along the same lines of it being smoother without having to interrupt play and, and wait and stand around and, and yeah. twiddle your thumbs waiting for a bar decision uh, like we do in the in, in the other major men's leagues uh, yes. is the fact it, there's that piece of it too. So it makes it, uh, you know, it keeps the human element in the game and it keeps the game flowing and moving. Uh, but also it, it, it does kind of give you something to talk about. Well, that as well. <laughs> you know, too. And I then yeah, I think, and then I think the, my argument is, is these things kind of even themselves out weirdly enough. You know, you, I mean, look at, I mean, look at the, the last two matches at Manchester United display. They had one game in which there was probably a goal, a goal that should have been counted yeah. against them against Reading. And that ball looked like to me from where I was that it went over yeah. the line, but we don't know for sure. That goal probably should have happened. And then the very next weekend, they got a goal that was counted that problem that may or may not have gone over the line yeah. and it went against them. So it actually kind of evened out either way. It didn't necessarily matter in the result um, because, you know, um, you know, too much in the, in the result because it still ended up being a win for win. But point being, you know, it does give you something to talk about. It does make the game smoother. Um, it, there is sort of this evening out factor, you know, and, you know, I mean, people love to have something to talk about related to football and, and that it keeps the human element into it. Um, I think the issue, you know, in terms of refereeing is recruitment, training and supervision. Uh, you know, who are you recruiting? How are you recruiting them? How are you training them? How often do you train them? How do you pay them appropriately? All those yeah. types of things. And then, and then how do you judge and judge their um their performance um and so yeah. forth so there's always that piece of it um but yeah i mean the, there are so many other issues related to women's football but i think the uh, one argument that i've heard is is like well if people watch for the first time and second time and they see these farcical referee decisions is that going to turn them off because it's like oh what is this this is you know that this is this is farcical uh, yeah. this is amateur you know that type of thing yeah, um, it possibly could do, um, but I just think um, again, <laughs> you can say four skill decisions. But if you look at the Premier League, mm-hmm. there's been so many four skill decisions as well. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't think a refereeing decision should ever sort of put you off football because uh, mm-hmm. that's part of the game. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. That's that's just it. Um, so yeah, I mean. I, I never ever think that should happen because mm-hmm. if you look at the weekend at well West Ham Manchester United game, there's so many poor decisions in that game. Um, <laughs> right, so, there was. So, and and people will come back to that and they'll still watch the Premier League. Um, and I agree, like the the, the referee in the Women's Super League, there needs to be something done about it because it's not great, and, and I'll admit that. Um, but again, it's a game that's growing. Um, and that's what I mean. I think there should be professional referees in the league, but I, I don't think a refereeing decision will ever put anybody off football. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree with that. And, you know, it's just there, there's a lot of interesting arguments either way. So my final question to you as we close for t- for today's session here is um, I saved it for last. Um, as we've <laughs> talked about several times before, Arsenal is the most decorated women's football team in England uh, in terms mm-hmm. of titles, trophies, domestic trophies, even international. They won the Champions League um, as well. Their last English team to do so, um, yeah. you know, before the domination and by Germany and France. Um, 
that you know that's kind of taken over now Spain. <laughs> so yeah. is this the year? Is Arsenal going to lift any trophy? Now, so I'm so we're talking about either the league, either a Conti Cup, FA Cup, you know, or even mm-hmm. Champions League. Is it is silverware in the works this season? Well, I think for a club like Arsenal, it has to be. Um, they have to win something. I mean, they, have, they didn't win anything last season, um, which is obviously disappointing. But the it's it's very early. Um, but the signs are there that they can certainly do something. Um, they'll definitely be in the title challenge this year. And I think if they win on Sunday, nine points from Chelsea home, Reading away and Manchester City home, I think that's a big statement, uh, a massive statement, because obviously they have no disrespect again to any other club in the league, but they don't have to play a, a Chelsea or Man City until 2022. So they can go on a, a really, really good run uh, of form. And, and then obviously Chelsea and Manchester City will have to play uh, one another still as well. And someone's going to drop points there. Um, obviously, if it's a draw, both will. Um, so look, Arsenal will be in a title challenge this year. I really do believe so. Um, and then an FA Cup or a Conti Cup, that would be a bonus. Do I think they'll win the Champions League? Honestly, no. I don't think so. Um, I just think there's still that little level short. Like, I mean, we saw Chelsea last year going to the final and Barcelona absolutely thumping them in the first half. Um, and I think Barcelona are just a different level to everybody else um, in Europe right now. I think Lyon will be back with a vengeance this year as well. But I, I don't think they'll... When the Champions League, I really do fancy Barcelona to win it again this year. Um, so, Arsenal have to win a trophy this year. I mean, okay, it's a, it's a year you can sort of say it's in transition, new manager and things like that. Mm-hmm. But, like you said, Arsenal the most decorated club in England. So, there's always pressure. Um, there's always pressure to go and win things. So, yeah, I've got a feeling in my heart that Arsenal will win a trophy this year. I don't know what it will be, mm-hmm. but... I do. I, I just have a sneaky feeling that, that Jonas will deliver something this year. And if it's a county cup, well, then look, it's a county cup. It's a stepping stone. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a trophy, and mm-hmm. that would give that would give the players um, the bug to, to go out and win more. Um, so we'll just see what happens. But yeah, I think Arsenal will win a trophy. Um, like I say, I don't know what it will be, but again, Arsenal need to go and win something. Yeah, it, it's it's one of those situations where it's like, well, it's about time, you know, it's about, it's about time that they go out and win something and, and so forth. And, and yeah, I would agree. Yes. You know, first year with the new manager. Yeah. You, there might be, but I think given the, the way now, of course, things obviously do change and can change, but the way the board is the kind of the way the board looks right now, if you look at the board and be like, Hmm. As you just mentioned, you win against Manchester City. Now you got nine nine points out of Chelsea and, and Manchester City, uh, and so forth. So that puts you in a commanding position, likely to you know get through the Champions League group stage, go into a quarterfinal. So at that point, yeah, it's anyone's situation. And the FA Cup and the Conti Cup, you know, it's it's anyone's it's anyone's game, you know. Uh, and I'm very very you know I, I've been very very um, I should like the wrong words are coming to me at this point. I'm very uh, I've been 
glowing about Arsenal all, you know, since the start, you know, and it, I just see them winning something. Um, Yeah. I don't, I, I'm not sure it's going to be the league. I think there's going to be, obviously, I think there's going to be definitely a title challenge, but uh, I don't see them winning the league, but I see them winning either FA cup or Conti cup. Yeah. One or the other. Uh, that's what I see, you know, potentially happening. Um, that, um, and, you know, it's going to be interesting when this team really gets locked in. You know, yeah. it's like, it's early. And so they're not completely smooth and locked in yet, you know. And, and Jonas is just learning, uh, still learning about how his players are going to react, you know, and yeah. respond and, ha- and get setting up his, his best squad and, and so forth. Though he's had kind of, a, he's done well, obviously, and had sort of the advantage of having several games leading up to the league yeah. starting, right, uh, that other teams didn't have. Um, and that's been advantageous, but also potentially problematic. Uh, luckily, got through that without any major issues from an injury yeah. perspective. Um, but also, you learn you learn kind of quickly. That's your preseason, <laughs> you know. Um, so you know, it, this, this team is going to get clicking probably sooner. Um, but yeah, this run of fixtures is going to be interesting because coming up for them is going to be is Manchester City, then Aston Villa, then Barcelona, and then Everton. Now, yeah. you know. Who knows what Everton's going to look like <laughs> yeah. by the time we get to October the 10th, you know, yeah. after that run of City, Villa, Barcelona, um, you know, it's coming up. Who knows what, you know, that's going to be. But um, but home against City, that could that could be definitely a win uh, away at Villa. I see a rotation playing out that one. But I still see Arsenal winning because they're just yeah. too deep. Uh, and then Barcelona, it's going to be fun. This is going to be a fun game. I, I would, yeah. I would look at that honestly, Josh. Is like, this is the best team in the world. Let's just have fun. Yeah, Let's there's, play. There's I mean, there's, there's, just, not, there's, there's nothing, nothing to, lose. to lose. Just go yeah. for it. You know, yeah, and see what happens. Yeah. I mean, absolutely, and that's what I mean. I think Arsenal will learn a lot about themselves in in, in those games. Um, like you say, they are the best team in the world. Um, and like you say, yeah, there's there is nothing to lose. Yeah, nothing to lose. So just go for it, you know. Just, just you know, just go for it and see what happens. And that's how you're going to measure up to the best uh, is to just play your best and play your best lineup and see what happens. And then you learn. You know, learn from what happened, and because then you're going to have Barcelona coming back, you know, at home uh, later yeah, on. Absolutely. So, so that I mean, that's I, I really love the the group stage. Um, you know, you get to play each team twice, home and away, and you know, you get to you know, really play into it and see and really see uh, how good these teams really are. Uh, and, for, and for the chance to see how fans come, you know, to see Barcelona play, you know, at home, yeah. you know, later on this fall, you know, in the, going in the winter, that's, that's just going to be a lot of fun. All right, Josh, no thank you so much, man, for, for coming on. Great, brilliant stuff from you as always uh, and everything else. I really, really appreciate it. So, uh, so we'll speak at you after, well, we got two games coming up. Well, we'll see, we'll speak at you after Manchester city uh, and uh, we'll see what happens. So everyone out there, my light went out during the middle of the show. Probably none of you probably noticed uh, because the talk has been just so riveting, Uh, (laughs) you know, so probably didn't even notice my light went out, but I'm good. Uh, So everyone, we're going to talk to Kate, uh, with the Manchester City official supporters club tonight. Uh, hopefully that will not be a uh, a rambling show that that was from last week. She's going to do Q&A, and we probably got a lot to talk about, injuries and Garrett Taylor and 
who knows what. <laughs> so we'll talk about that, and we'll probably definitely talk about Arsenal, Josh, um, yeah. and uh, the steamroll that's about possibly about to happen uh, there. So check that out. That's going to be later. That probably will pop up um, probably tomorrow, and then tomorrow we'll talk to Rob Bradley with the CFCW Social to talk about Chelsea, and he'll do his Q&A, and he'll just – uh, tell me how Chelsea was never out of form again. So, uh, so, <laughs> so with that, I'm going to say goodbye and uh, have a good one. Everyone just um, smash a like, please subscribe, share with your friends uh, on all your social media. Um, the like on the channel is important. The five-star reviews on the podcast are vitally important as we continue to grow. And uh, you know, my budgets for, Advertising has been completely blown. Uh, I, I'm owning stock in Google and you, YouTube right now. So, um, so please help us out. So take care, everybody. Have a good one. We'll see you on later on, probably tomorrow. Take care.